0: Hi, welcome to episode 12. I'm your host Noel Woodward and this is For The Love Of. Before I get into the episode, I'd just like to announce that this is the season finale and I'll be taking a break to work on season 3 and another audio project that's in the pipeline. Super excited about it and more on this as I continue developing it, so stay tuned. In the meantime, I will be working on bonus episodes every month. To stay in the know, do remember to click on that bell icon or follow us on your favourite podcast app. Also... The podcast turned a year old last week. It's been an incredible journey and season 2 has surprised me in more ways than one. So a big thank you to all my listeners for tuning in and supporting the show. It really means a lot. If you've got thoughts, ideas, comments, you could send in an email to connect at fortheloveofpodcast.in or you could do me a solid by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and tell me what you think of the show. Now back to the episode. For the Love of Design, Talking Practice with Sachin Ambekar. This time around, I'll be talking to a former colleague and a dear friend of mine who has co-founded his own architecture practice in Gujarat. We'll be discussing his time at architecture school, his post-graduation at SEPT University, a scholarship to Switzerland, design education in the country, and the rigors of architecture as a discipline. A gold medalist at Gujarat University and a SEPT scholar, Sachin is passionately devoted to architecture and design theories. The interdisciplinary collaboration between design, craft, and technology enthralls him. By exploring how the different agents interact, he hopes to discover a new perspective to better problem solving. After working at Studio PK in Mumbai, Sachin decided to branch out and start his own practice, SS Design Studio, with his partner Sanjana Samal, with a keen focus on adapting a multidisciplinary approach to architecture and design. Hi, Sachin. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Hi, Noel. How
0: have you been? How has the lockdown been treating you?
1: Lockdown's been busy, man. Uh, busier than expected. But uh, but yeah, I think that must be the scenario for most of the designers. Uh, considering now you don't get to go to places where at the same time people expect you to do things wherever you are and remotely you can work from. So yeah, it's been busy.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. Before we jump right in, could you introduce yourself so that everyone is up to speed?
1: I think uh, to begin with, I I can say I've been one of those fortunate, but at the same time I am tagged when I say such stuff that I have known from an early age that I wanted to become an architect because I have been born in a family where uh, a father uh, is a structural engineer, Uh, and uh, having that sort of background and and uh you having a very hands-on experience with architects and they're working in their studios it leaves a very big and uh it leaves an impact on you from the childhood and i think that's where it it, it somewhere it was itching that i need to do something only in this on this front in my life at the same time i did think of getting into cricket but then again uh the part of the of, of me being pragmatic about life also came in and that's when i thought i want to stick to architecture and uh, uh i think uh after graduation five years of graduation from uh, SVIT svat which is here near baroda where basically to begin with i should have had started that is where i'm based at. i'm i'm, I'm based from vododra so yeah there are a couple of uh lot of actually uh, schools in Gujarat for that matter but uh college of architecture being relatively a newer one since past 20 years only because as opposed to that the others have been there since more than 80 years so uh including MSU uh, which is Maharaja Sri University uh so yeah and after that I decided because uh to, to go for masters because post-graduation is I can't say exactly a need uh, I think perhaps you can debate more on that because we keep going back and forth on the same topic. But at the same time, I felt the need because I felt I was lacking. It was just enough to polish my skills to in those five years, but I wanted to go a little further, and that's where uh, I joined SEPT. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can discuss more on that uh, as we go further.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's begin at the beginning from where you started to first recognize design as a profession that you could get into. So from architecture school to SEPT, to your scholarship program, and finally touching upon design education.
1: Right. Uh, See, I think, uh, uh, again, here the genesis of, or the germ of the idea of that I wanted to associate it to, or be associated to architecture. And again, the word architecture uh, here now is applied on several fronts whether it's gaming architecture or whatnot because architecture to begin with tries to in core, talks about uh, the design of that specific discipline here being uh, when we talk about talk about architecture is pertaining to building things in physical form uh, with physical materials uh, but idea was that uh, I wanted to be associated to something which is uh, which is which involves creativity, but at the same time, it involves a lot of people to collaborate with. And uh, because that process helps, it makes you in, in certain sense, if I may say so. And at the same time, you push the boundaries uh, in order to discover yourself and what you want to see this world as a designer. Uh, so I think that's where it started and, and five years of education, Again, does put you into, it? raises a lot of questions, for sure. Because uh, whether you want to do this or not, because although you might have seen it as a kid, but that's not the same thing. Uh, Because it it, it questions you most of the time, especially when you are getting critiqued. Because again, uh, I think we'll go back and forth with design education as a topic, because uh, we are talking about architecture where people are critiquing your work. No, it is critiquing is a concept which is very alien to let's say a design, you know, business student, or, or let's say even an uh, engineering student, or, or for that matter, you can always uh, discuss on certain parameters, but not critiquing in terms of what can be or what could have had been, which is I think where uh, it keeps questioning you or haunts you at times uh, in in those five years. Uh, of bachelors of undergrad that it makes you think whether you want to do this because then again, it's one thing to critique, uh, get critiqued from a bunch of professionals over and over in five years in different semesters. but It's a whole thing altogether when you go out and approach someone to get their pet project or their aspirational house or their next office and you have to perform and, and you can't make a mistake there. So, It's a big leap, but at the same time, it's challenging. So that's where I think it kept me on ground whenever there was a bad critique. Uh, Or I can't say bad critique, perhaps a good critique, because good critique, the whole idea of critique is to not just agree with everything, but that, again, at the same time, it should be constructive, uh, is what I believe. But at the same time, uh, it goes back and forth. You need to learn, which is the whole idea of critiquing and uh, not just
0: submitting. So It's interesting you brought up critiquing because that was one of my points going forward. Since we're on that, you mentioned critiquing as part of the curriculum experience at architecture school. I also feel that after graduating, critiquing becomes an intrinsic part of the profession where I guess everyone is out there to put their views across. But at the same time, I think as practicing architects, it also becomes crucial to introspect and self-critique. At every stage of the process, so could you elaborate on that a bit?
1: Yeah, and it kind of puts you on a pedestal at the same time, because even if you're doing a small cabin in the woods by the way i just I just gave the name of a of a horror movie, but at the same time, even if you are doing that uh, you you will get critiqued, you know, and by your own kind, by your own fraternity, all the more if not from anyone then because then again as designers i think we care more about what other fellow designers think about our work and that's where i think the whole studio culture of uh, of you know being in groups and in the entire five years that you learn from each other's critique and the way you express a design also comes from that you learn from each other but at the same time uh, you want always want to better yourself in each stage of it so obviously as soon as you do even a small project it puts you on a pedestal uh, yeah
0: that's true we'll probably circle back to this soon but just going back to your time as a student could you talk about your experience at sept hmm. which included a scholarship to subsea switzerland basically anything that you would like to share and maybe the parallels between these two schools of thought
1: So SEP tends to be, so I actually interned earlier in Mumbai. Uh, That's when I realized that I need to know more than I do uh, from undergrad. Because undergrad basically is just acquiring basic skills so that you can go out and function at least as an architect or as a junior architect with basic understanding of how things should work. Uh, But at the same time, uh, I felt that I was... uh, lacking a lot on not just practical fronts, but on the on the on the front of research because i think that's where the uh, post-graduation comes in that you get that opportunity to go beyond just polishing your skills and you can go further in terms of asking questions which are relevant Uh, which are it can be related to practice and whatnot and that's where i think uh, i came across uh, the now it's called mdes as a program in university which is faculty of uh, uh it's it's actually called sid school of interior design and uh so this program now is, is tagged as MDes. it used to be called uh masters of interior architecture and design so it has several disciplines within it uh where part of it like one vertical is about only talking about futuristic design which is called generative design and one vertical is talking only about history theory and criticism And one vertical is talking about crafts and uh, technology. And one uh, vertical, total four verticals. And the fourth one is BEE, which is building energy efficiency. So although it was too much to take, but at the same time, uh, in retrospect, I feel it makes sense to at least touch upon everything. Because uh, if you just are stuck on one point, I don't think you have explored enough, at least from day one at SEPT, because SEPT is a very dynamic machine. uh, And it's, it's, I think, getting even more complex because they're adding more layers uh, every semester. So it anyway has been that that powerhouse, which has some of the best practicing and academic uh, architects, as well as uh, I can even say, Kenneth Frampton, I think, uh, came once uh, to critique. So, I mean, he is not an architect, he's an architectural critic to begin with. But then again, for SEPT to have that itself was a thing. The reason was that SEPT's uh, reputation precedes it. So again, uh, uh, what I wanted to do with SEPT was, or rather to explore with SEPT was to, to uh, research on any of these topics. And uh, my final thesis was mostly on the, on the crafts and technology front and how we can take a craft uh, specifically in terms of computation how we can optimize things i'll come to that perhaps later uh, but but CEP does allow you to it, it pushes you it nudges you in the right direction depending upon how you see it because there are people who might who say otherwise and uh, and uh, it's it's very i can say the overall uh, I can't say this except experience is not a correct word here, but at the same time, uh, it does uh, open up uh, open you up to cinematography at times when uh, I had taken that uh, as a uh, summer school uh, with one of the practicing cinematographers for famous uh, Trivedi, uh, and through him I met Anand Patwardhan as well, uh, who you, we already know is and has been in use since 1980s for several reasons. Uh, mostly for talking about what is right, but at the same time never has ever been the scenario where his film got uh, screened somewhere on a, on a you know public and a big scale. But at the same time, the cinematography helps you. It does not tell you, the, the summer school does not tell you to become a cinematographer, but it helps you understand. It nudges you in the direction that you can look a building or a set or a sequence of building in a, in a specific way or how a building can, uh, can be used for several aspects for, for different sets and you can make an entire scene out of it. So, yeah. So I think that's where I think the, uh, being in SEPT helps. It pushes you for such things to do which you never thought you'll ever do. And, uh, I think between this we had an opportunity to, uh, some of us had the opportunity to uh, get selected for uh, an exchange program, which was primarily in uh, Europe, about in three different, and one is in Eurasia, I can't call it Europe. Uh, So one was in in Lugano, which is in Switzerland, where I went. One was in Stuttgart, which is in HFT, which is in uh, Germany. Uh one was in Edinburgh and the other one was in Turkey, uh in Istanbul. So the who again the whole idea was that there is an actual exchange where students are coming from there and that's the whole idea, that's the premise of exchange. And it does help because it tremendously changes your your set in ways of design of your day-to-day life, of your beliefs and your culture, which are shattered as soon as you move to another country and you feel, okay, they don't matter anymore. You know, that they, I can't say are useless, but at the same time, they can be seen under a different light and from a completely different perspective. And uh, that, I think, shapes uh, any career. I can't say just architecture there are uh there are writers architectural writers like R- Rudolf with Cover. nothing to do with europe but they moved to europe and uh, they wrote wonderful books if you read about Rudolf rudolph with Cover. so i think when you are away from your home and you are trying to understand some other culture you know not just predominantly uh, being surrounded by the same, you know, uh, voices, which keep, we keep thinking in a in a very, uh, I can't say in a mob manner, but at the same time in a very unified manner, which is where I think uh, my experience with uh, Switzerland came in. My exchange program was in Supsi. Supsi is a it's a very long name. Uh, I don't know even why, if I want to say it's scuola universitaria, professionali della Svizzera Italiana. So basically, it means school of professional design of of Italian, Swiss-Italian part, basically. So so that was, again, a good uh, exchange because there were a couple of Germans, couple of uh, uh, Turks. And again, I think I'm going into a bit of my own self when I say this, that based on one of the <clears throat> people I admire watching, listening, or even reading about uh, is Devdath Patnaik. So even he says that uh, in one of his TED Talks that uh, whatever your beliefs are, that's how you behave in life and that's how your business is, which is true because how, how much ever liberated or how much ever staunch you are in a specific or let's say overall general life ethos, That's how your behavior is for everything in life. And depending upon your behavior, uh, mostly it happens. So that's how your business is in our case, the business being the business of design. So it does matter because uh, I saw tremendous gap between approach of an Indian designer. I had another partner as well with me. Uh, of how we would approach the same space as a German girl would, or a Turkish guy would. It was very different because when we were thinking, uh, okay, you know what? Let's let's uh, try to make something which is going to solve a problem. Uh, let's try to the genesis of the or let's say the precedent that we started with, like the premise. Of the studio that an Indian student started with was, okay, what's the problem? Let me try to solve the problem. You know, let's try to address that first. We'll try to bring in other things later, or let's say, parallelly. Uh, similarly, I think when I saw a German student, they from the beginning had an, a clear idea that they wanted to see this specific because we were doing a clinic. So you want to design a clinic in a certain way and each space and. And their waste disposal, I mean, come on, that was something completely as like, okay, I have not even gotten to that layer yet. But uh, they did think of that because then again, I think uh, being in Germany, again, being being in part of uh, Europe, that comes in handy of how you should think as a designer, as opposed to me being completely alien to the whole approach of designing and what are the correct questions. But uh, then there is a completely different approach of a Turkish person who, as of now, are thinking very close to, that's why I think the Eurasia term is correct for Turkey, that they think a little bit more still a bit Asian. Again, these are purely my observations. I don't think I can be quoted or misquoted for this. But uh, that uh, they they have that duality that that let's think of the problem first and then we'll think of the other things. And at the same time, they did think of a few things, but they were, I should not say this lazy, but then again, they they didn't execute it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, what was worth learning is that some of them were very strong on their concepts from day one, either Turkish or or German, or even for that matter, uh, one of uh, us from india is there were just two of us and uh, that helps you tremendously in in thinking that you are wrong or perhaps there is no right and wrong it's just matter of perception anyway that uh, i think there is another obvious way to look at this uh, clinic design or whichever for that matter that uh, that studio is or the studio students are doing so yeah it it does put you in and, and the critique oh my god the critique the what what uh just enthralls you or perhaps it just makes you feel cringy at the same time and it makes you feel great about their critique is that they have a critique which is pre-planned and and very properly managed again this was perhaps in the school where i went i don't know about entire europe to begin with but so far, uh, from whatever I saw, because I did go to Germany later on, uh, and the scenario is same. They 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 treat critique in in the most uh, auspicious form, I can say, and they they take it too seriously. Uh, not that they are not taken seriously in India. Again, don't quote or unquote me on that. But uh, here, uh, I think the approach from students end and at the same time from a teacher or a teaching assistant is very different as opposed to what I saw here. Because here, they they treat you as, uh, here being in Switzerland, they treat you as and pro- a professional who already has been in the field. Because most of the people in in uh, Europe or elsewhere out of India, they go for a master's or post-graduation uh, perhaps a little bit later in their life, post-30, post-35. And uh, although most of my uh, colleagues or friends or the exchange students who were there were almost our age, but, uh, but that's where uh, I think that's their general approach. And they, they the professors, they treat you that you already know this. So let me not again talk about it, which is where I think there is a big disparity between how uh, core or teaching in, in India is And then again, I can't just say teaching is problematic part, but this complacency is there on the student end as well, where most of them or some of them, uh, only few of them rather, uh, take things seriously because they want to, uh, aspiration is one thing, but they want to do things in a certain way and they want to be known that way. Uh, where their work talks about them more than anything. So I think, think that was a big difference in teaching as well uh that we see in critiquing as well and yeah cultural differences do help you shape uh, things in a different way how you approach things how you what you shouldn't do while approaching a, a new professor or or what you shouldn't do while talking because we we were subjected to talk to the clinic people who is the final client but then again it was a hypoth- hypothetical exercise just like most of the studio exercises are. But, uh, but it did teach us that uh, you need to respect a lot of things uh, in terms of structure as well, in terms of uh, bylaws and rules which are just taken for granted. And I'm really sorry to say that not even taught seriously in our country. Uh, bylaws, I, I don't believe that I was taught bylaws properly. And I don't know whether... Uh, so was the case in SPA.
0: so yeah I mean yeah, yeah that's always been a bone of contention taking cues from what you just spoke about while you were comparing the two schools of thought and since we're already delving into that realm of design education could you tell us more about the differences between the systems because over here there's a lot of scope for improvement because what we learn in design schools is just the tip of the iceberg Bylaws being a case in point. And as soon as you step out, it's a very different world because you've been groomed to a large extent in this very closed environment, which is strange. Because as a profession, we are all about collaborating. So when it comes to design education, what according to you is or isn't lacking? Or let's just say different or distinct, especially when compared to what you saw and experienced in Switzerland.
1: See, I think lacking is everywhere. It's not that anything is perfect for that matter. But uh, then again, what I see a distinct uh, difference between approach here and there is that from the beginning, uh, an architecture student is uh, somehow tried to, uh, I can't say ask, but is always shown or aspire to become the next Frank Gehry or to try to do, try to become a star architect, you know, rather than becoming an architect. They, uh, that's the I think the major problem because we we don't need to play around forms, we don't need to necessarily have the same approach as other fellow architects of what they have been through their lives because it does not make sense. It's, it's There is no point in glorifying or vilifying anyone else's life or anyone else's career but uh, that distinct difference should be I, I saw between uh, schools here and there because it's not that they don't talk about uh, Michelangelo as an artist and as an architect and it, it's not that they do not talk about here but it's not that they keep talking about it in every 10th sentence which is what I see that you need to talk about being a, an architect rather than being the architect of 20th century or you know going back to Peter Berend because see history is a wonderful part and I still believe that, that that's where you learn That's where you learn. But at the same time, you should not be stuck. You should not be compared yourself to or you should not aspire to become a specific architect. You need to be your own. You just need to uh, be a professional who can do things in the most optimum manner and be true to the design. Now, true to the design is a very, very subjective term. Here, I understand that. But at the same time, you do your best, right? You do whatever you acquire, you do your best. That's the best you can do. Which is what is taught there more than talking about that, okay, you know what, this uh, building was done by Mario Botta and you should do something like Mario Botta. No, I, I don't think you should critique at all that way, uh, which is a big difference. Again, like I said, there is nothing lacking, lacking is everywhere, but uh, this is a big difference I saw. But at the uh, good thing which I can say from Indian perspective is we try to touch on a lot of topics uh, in the same semester and in five years, which uh, I'm sorry to say I have not seen much in Europe. And I have no exposure on the American students and Australia and Africa and other parts. But I'm sure the way our education is formed, even in engineering, medical, architecture, business we try to touch upon several aspects as we are surrounded by several uh, parameters changing every day, be it government, be it family, be it finance, be it budget, be it circulation, transport. I mean, there are so many aspects that keep affecting everyone every day. So that's a good part which I see in India that we try to touch upon everything, which I was trying to talk about. There were four verticals in my master's program. Now, in in retrospect, most of the my colleagues or or students of that class were not very happy with touching on so many topics. I understand that. But at the same time, in retrospect, it feels it was correct. Because without that, I couldn't explore Grasshopper as a plug for Rhino in order to, you know, create a form which is purely a form-based excess, but based on certain parameters, because I was trying to study ferromagnetic fluid and how the uh, the magnetic flux lines can help me uh, create a specific form when I keep changing the density and when I keep changing the magnetic power and the filings. Now again, this is not going to make me help uh, help me make a building, but it's the a way of thinking that you know gets added. Uh, it's like Steve Jobs says, you don't uh, need to become a lawyer, but it's good to learn law it helps you think in a certain manner. So something like that. So I think that's where, I think it's good that we have multiple things packed up. Uh, It also kind of uh, gives uh, architecture students, already is worldwide, not just India, that we are those uh, masochists, you know, who, who, you know, like to be, you know that we are we are in pain and we somehow like to celebrate that that I was awake five o'clock in the morning you know doing the model I mean my showcase might not be a correct word but at the same time we do feel at times proud that I was able to practice rather than thinking upon the qualitative aspect of life which at times is somewhere I see is gone uh in architecture I'm not even saying uh uh india or elsewhere in architecture period because that that exact approach that's where i realized in practice if i may jump to uh, changes tremendously because if you keep treating yourself as that same specific student who learned or acquired those skills and trying to make models in order to prove their point then i think you're losing out a lot of things ahead in life Uh, in, again, in practice,
0: I'd just like to go back to this thought of different verticals that we are exposed to within the sphere of design education. Do you feel there's a lack of emphasis on certain subjects or areas that go on to form integral parts of a designer's career? For example, professional practice being one of them. Because design essentially is a business in the end. And the second point goes back to the part where you spoke about collaboration and the various stakeholders involved. Do you think as students of design, we need to be exposed a bit more than we already are? Uh, We
1: should be. And it's not that uh, we don't get exposed. Depending upon, I think, the the overall approach of a college or a design institute, uh, things have been very hands-on for a lot of colleges. Uh, Small or big, doesn't matter. Because collaboration changes you very very much because as soon as you do a project even in a group of two as a student but you have a collaborator let's say an artisan who's doing the metal beating and you want to get an entire panel done in in copper which has to be you know uh, who's somewhere the artisan is not even speaking your language and the artisan is somewhere from kutch gets difficult but it changes you because it tries to push you to the artisan's level and artisan also tries to up their game to your level. I'm not saying there are levels of up and down, but at the same time, both both are best in their own, uh, in their field. But it just helps you. And, and it has happened and it keeps happening, I think, on multiple fronts, uh, which is, I think, uh, relatively good on... Uh, on European and, and perhaps uh, I can say even on the Western European which is the Spanish friend. there are a lot of uh, colleges in in uh, Catalonia, Catalonia however you call it, IAAC and there are so many institutes who press on the uh, matter of constructing without people, of having 3D printed buildings and some of the prototypes have already been to the point where it's completely built to the final finish of exterior surface now that is commendable uh, but at the same time, our problems are different. That's why we always talk about, use the power that you have. Like Pakwinsha Fuller used to say, don't don't oppose the change, try to use it. Like so, We always try to use the change that we have. And the biggest thing is constant in this change is the manpower, which we have tremendously in India. So I think we keep, uh, we do get exposure. Uh, but yes it's not enough exposure because there only one I can say only one uh, exercise that I did in seven years which is five plus two years of postgraduate where we were given a budget We were given a budget which is sanctioned by the university and you have to find a person we were designing a kiosk actually and uh, we had to find a kiosk a, a, a hawker basically who Firstly, understand what they make, whether they're making a Vada or whatever they're making. And you need to convince them that what they're doing can be done in a better way. And you have to do all this in a specific budget, in a specific timeline. It's very close to what we talk a practice. That you have a specific budget, you have a specific requirement, you have to convince sometimes. The only difference, the variable here, the client here has not approached you, you ever approached the client. That's the biggest difference. Uh, but uh, such exercises should be there. Uh, again, this was a winter school in, uh, in SEP, where we did a kiosk for Salim. Uh, so it's in Ahmedabad. So again, uh, it's very important to, because the group of five, it helped us to see things in a different way, what sort of process he follows to make his andaban and what what we should care about as a designer even on that small scale. So that collaboration helps immensely. Uh, But then again, such should happen more. But again, this problem is deeply rooted with how the design schools are funded in India because the funding is also a very big issue. Not every design school is funded. Most of the schools are affiliated to a university. They have to ask for fund. They Even if they have to go for a RSP or they have to explore a specific arch or a workshop that they want a professional to do. Everything has to be justified. That's why most of the universities try to, uh, uh, most of the institutes try to uh, explore the idea of having a standalone university, which only rarely happens, just like MSU or or SPA or somewhere where that's an entire ecosystem and they can manage the funds, the people, the students, the professional, the teachers, the facility, the infrastructure, everything about it. But that doesn't happen necessarily every time because, again, India has tons in number and it has escalated in just past 10 years, I can say, uh, where the number of people who got into architecture consciously or or perhaps for the name of it or, or the sake of it, uh, because there are quite a few you can identify yourself while talking on this podcast that you must have known who practiced, uh, who, who Studied with you, but are doing today vaguely nothing about design because most of them have no idea what they wanted to do, and that's where the problem is. Again, there are a lot. I think this is uh, snowballing into so many things because uh, the approach of education and and the biggest thing which is worrisome is that Indians and I can say Indians here. Indians still ask me, or I'm sure they ask several other architects. Uh, whether construction has scope. You know, my son is trying to get into architecture. Should they go? Uh, it's a stupid question to begin with, right? It's a stupid question to begin with. But then again, what you do is you try to educate that person because I think that's where our responsibility comes in as well. It's, it gets on nerves at times. But then again, I think just like a doctor, you need to treat your every patient in, in the manner that they have absolutely no idea what a gallbladder is. You know? You need to treat them exactly that way. That's how I think the way to look at things. But again, we we were at funding and we were before that at the collaboration. So I'm digressing, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's all right. And and before that the emphasis on professional practice because design ultimately is a business.
1: Yeah, I mean professional practice they ha I mean, I have not nobody has, I can say almost first-hand as well as second-hand information that I have. Nobody has been taught professional practice. Luckily, although our uh, Council of Architecture in India pushes you to do a six-month internship, which opens you, uh, or rather makes you feel that you were living in a cocoon, you know. And uh, professional practice is highly, highly uh, disregarded subject. Uh, any project for that matter, since uh, I've started uh, practice in the last past three years, uh, I have realized that projects start and end with budget. Kid you not. Kid you not. They start and end with budget. But the thing is, we are never, uh, th- there is no emphasis on budgeting. There is no emphasis on the specification that you have to get into the the need of asking questions about what should be and what shouldn't be pressed upon for this project so because it keeps changing you cannot have a you know it cannot be a rangoli template uh, template okay template for every project you cannot have that so i think that's where the problem is with the professional practice as everyone learns each day i'm learning each day as well live and learn but then again at the same time it's difficult for a lot of professionals. i have known who started almost three years ago just like me and samilov but then again they somewhere left it because either it's too frustrating or either it gets onto their nerves or they had no idea what they were getting into that the third part is the biggest part here because most of them try to quit architecture because they had no idea they're getting into this Fatiguing is one, but not uh, treating this as a business. That's where I think I was talking about calling architecture students as masochists. If we see ourselves as that, that we celebrate the fact that we are in pain and we like it, you know, uh, it's not going to help you professionally. If anything, you should not do it. You should set your boundaries as a professional. And there are very few uh who are there to educate you for that a uh, few forums are there obviously which will help you explore what you should and shouldn't do in practice but forum should not be the way to uh, discuss design practice i think when you have a, such a rich source of uh, actual professionals who come to teach you in college that's what should inculcate like a proper 6 month or a one year course where you know you you understand aspects even in a hypothetical manner, but you understand aspects thoroughly. Because as an intern also, in whichever country, you do not get the exposure that you feel you should get. So, yeah, design practice, uh, education-wise, it should be inculcated very, should be interwoven very nicely. And uh, and then again, it, it's true. It said that you should, uh, it is not a field where Uh, anyone's going to spoon-feed you. You have to figure out most of the things yourself Uh, because there are so many parameters which only you have to explore on your own. What sort of designer you want to become, that's what defines that. But then again, I think it should be taken seriously. At least uh, a part of a curriculum should be a good start.
0: Yeah, budgets. I feel you. But just taking a breather and moving away from the very esoteric nature of practice, there's a particular line of thought that you wanted to delve into and talk about, which is conscious design. This is something that has always been part of our discussions and ironically always mm. on a subconscious level. <laughs> what do you make of the term conscious design? And as designers, why do you feel it plays a pivotal role in the decision-making process?
1: Again, this conscious design, uh... The genesis of that is from again deeply rooted in again what you how you approach, uh, uh, design for anything not just a building, even it can be of a pen or a cup or or the MacBook Pro or whichever you know, it you need to have a very unified a very composed approach to it. And that's where the consciousness comes in because you are thinking everything in your most conscious faculties, what should and what shouldn't be. Because like Dieter Rams said, and we have discussed Dieter Rams as well. So Dieter Rams also said that the most difficult part, like the 10th principle, if I'm, I'm not wrong, in his sequence is the least design possible. A good design is the least design possible. Now, it it matters in your own conscious self you understand what to delete. Because with so much of information around, it tends to, uh, I can't say make you banal, but if banality sticks around, it's difficult to escape it. So you need to uh, keep a check with yourself that you are not doing things which are not you and not necessary for the design. That's where the conscious design comes in. A lot of people uh, brought in other aspects to it. Uh, adding biomimicry and whatnot that if you just are conscious about your own surroundings and if you see how how a honeybee works or perhaps or how they build their homes or or how a woodpecker works or how perhaps photosynthesis is as a process happens in plant and you know so these things uh made people i mean uh, it it was a field i think in late 90s or something this coin was termed as well that there is something called bio The whole idea was that you're conscious about something which is in biology that you study but at the same time you can use that concept consciously again not or taking or repeating the same thing but the idea is to understand the ecosystem of it and perhaps if at all you can replicate it or you can develop it into your own design again be it uh, a system architecture, be it a computer architecture, game, whatnot. So, that's what I think conscious design is. And at times, people who were not architects, they have come up with wonderful solutions just being conscious about what this specific place needs. You know, for, for example, there are wind tunnel scoops done in uh, Pakistan in, in was it in Hyderabad area because there's Hyderabad and Pakistan as well. Uh, and it, it's about that book uh, by, by Bernard, uh, I forget the name, I'm really sorry. Uh, so I think uh, uh, it's about architecture without architects. I forgot the name of the author, Bernard something, I'm forgetting here. But he presses in the entire book of how there were uh, entire civilizations who, who made cities, Including some of our own cities, older cities like Jaipur and Jodhpur and whatnot, and Marrakesh, if I talk about, you know, and Morocco and everything, and perhaps part of Egypt. Some of the very oldest cities, uh, Varanasi for that matter, were the very oldest cities. They were planned without any designers or any any urban planners. But at the same time, some of the concepts were very uh, core sciography, core. you know uh, basic logic about climate and science and material that's it that's being conscious about the design and i think that that even if you do that that helps you as a client at times because you want to choose something which is the right decision because at the same time like we were i'm sorry we were going back and forth but then again the design is something which you are doing for someone else And like Korea used to say that uh, I see designers, architecture is filmmaking. But the only difference where I differ with uh, uh, Charles Korea is is that uh, film, again, is for a very wide audience. You know, some might buy it, some might not. For me, uh, Dallas Buyers Club might be a great movie, but for someone it might not be. So I am saying it's a very subjective thing. Architecture at the same time, if you are doing public architecture, fine. That domain is different. But most of the times, it's for a home for someone. That's how at least the practice starts. Practice starts, you know, like with a, with a home, with a small project. So I think that is for someone. You need to be very clear about that. You are doing it for someone else and not for yourself. Right. So you need to be again very conscious about it that you are doing it for someone else. And if the in, in process, if the client is, uh, is someone who has that conscious, you know, who has made that conscious effort to take the right decision and the, and the good decision, right? again, it's very subjective. What is a good decision? What is the right decision? But at the same time, something which uh, at times uh, there are people, I can just put it in this way, that there are people who respect professionals and there are people who always want to fiddle with everything during the process. So, uh-huh. So there are people who might tell doctor that they have cancer. So please give me a cancer, you know, treatment. And then there are people who would respect the doctor thinking he already has an MD. So they know perhaps what they're talking about. Uh, Again, comparing myself to an MD does not make sense. I don't save lives, But uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Designing as filmmaking. Hmm. That's an extremely intriguing topic in itself. And I think could be explored over various episodes. We should do that sometime. Um, I think what Korea actually meant was more the process rather than the typology, but that's a different conversation. So anyway, coming back to the discussion, you spoke about various scales. You mentioned cities and about architecture without architects. Taking that thought forward, I recently stumbled upon this article slash video, which talks about conscious design and it's the redesign of the New York City subway map. So within this entire exercise, the elements of The Vignelli map, clean lines, minimal, but lacked functionality in a way. On the other hand, there's the Hertz and Tornup map, which is still in use today. Which brought back the geography of the city, which was easier to follow and understand, but at the same time, lost some of its design appeal. So, work and company, a design and technology firm, took this project up as a pro bono exercise, where they decided to develop an app that would take elements from both these iconic subway maps, and kind of merge them into a living, breathing layout that would get updated in real time. There's a short film uh, about this also, which is called The Map, which I link in the show notes. And incidentally, was filmed by Gary Hustwood, who has worked okay. on arguably the most important and influential design documentaries out there. It's uh, the design trilogy. Again, link in the show notes. But coming back to the point, sometimes I feel good design is also about a compromise. or let's let's call it a middle ground for the common good. So the question is, does that make it conscious design?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, that is again an internal conflict, honestly, uh, whether uh, you see it as compromise or not. Because I I think if the goal here was to consciously uh, react to something, intuitively react to something and being being truthful to it. I think you have done your job. You you can't. But that conflict only happens when you know that you want to make it something in a certain way, or you have already preconceived a, an end product. Uh, I think that's where I think uh, the the compromise with design comes. But then again, I think compromise is something might not be a correct word here. Uh, but yeah, it it in in, in a, for the greater good. uh I think it's important to, again, be conscious and be truthful to the, the problem and the subject matter. I haven't seen this actually, uh, the Gary Hurstwick one, but I did. I, I was just going through one of the walks videos, and I think it covered uh, why most of the uh, American cities, the metros don't, uh, I mean, the approach for metro is not correct, and that's the reason people end up buying cars and whatnot because the transit system is i can say faulty but it's not functional to the extent which can encourage someone you know leaving from home taking a a subway and then reaching their you know, you know workplace or their intended place in, in the time frame that they were looking at they rather would take a car so there was a there was a long you know, several reasons for that but uh, but over and over, if they have, the government here, because now when we talk, once we talk about uh, public transit, although urban designers and there might be a committee formed in several cities and regulatory boards that you should make uh, certain zones completely transit free, or perhaps you should add transit zones in specific uh, areas of the uh, strategically planned of, of 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 any major city. Where you do need, and and the biggest thing which is now happening in Mumbai, and this is where I think our relatability uh, is there, is now thinking after so many years that okay now Mumbai does need one public transport, which is not just the local train, and and now it's been thought about, and it's painful at the same time. I don't know how far, uh, uh because it it takes time, India is a dynamic place. You don't get approvals from one place; you get from ten, uh, and uh, you are stuck somewhere. The governments change at times, and and it gets difficult to catch hold of what is the purpose of exercise. You know. So
0: yeah. That was part one of the episode. In part two, we explore Sachin's practice as his design studio. What kind of architecture it relates with, and the future of design. Stay tuned, the episode airs next Saturday. Subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Podcast or write to us with your thoughts, ideas, comments at Connect at For the Love of Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is For the Love of.